0: Welcome to Cape Cast Audio 20. This is the weekly podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the public information director for the city, and I'm the host of this weekly program. My guest in studio today is nobody. It is going to just be me today, and this is going to be one of those rare times where it's just a monologue and me discussing a topic of interest and of importance. And what I want to talk about today is the City of Cape Coral's watering ordinance and the dual water system. We just had City Council approve an ordinance on Monday, and it was just an update to the watering ordinance. The watering schedule that we have been following for the past three or four years was finally codified and placed into record. But the watering ordinance that was passed by council on Monday also had another clause in there, and it was for emergencies. It does give the city manager the ability to declare an emergency, whether it's a water shortage or some other concern, with the, uh, with the city's dual water system. And if the city manager does declare a watering emergency we would move to one day a week watering. So the current schedule which allows our residents to water two days a week year round would then be reduced to just one day a week. The reason that we would move to an emergency situation would be under extreme drought conditions. And guess what? We have some extreme drought conditions here in Cape Coral. This year, the situation is such that our dry season is rivaling the 2007 dry season, which was one of the uh, more extreme droughts that we've had down here in southwest Florida. Now let's talk about the, the dual water system, because the dual water system, when we heard some of the comments from the citizens who came to the council meeting on Monday, it became somewhat clear that uh, not everyone had a cl- complete and thorough understanding of how the city's dual water system operates. To to kind of understand it, you have to go back about, oh, 30 years or so, when the City of Cape Coral was taking a look at ways that they could become independent with regard to water supply. The city has um, about 400 miles of canals. Some of those are saltwater canals and some of those are freshwater canals. In fact, uh, living on a canal and having waterfront property is one of the big selling points for the City of Cape Coral. Well. Back in the 80s, there was some discussion about how the city of Cape Coral, while it was in its development, um, could ensure that it would always have an adequate supply of drinking water as well as uh, water to maintain the lawns and the shrubbery that residents like to plant down here in southwest Florida in this nice subtropical climate. The result was something called the Water Independence for Cape Coral program, and it was approved by the voters way back when. And the Water Independence for Cape Coral became known by the acronym WIC. Now, the WIC program and the WIC plan was to create a system, a two-pipe system where you had water that would, you'd have water, delivered to your home for drinking water and for your potable water uses like showers and cooking. And then you would have a second pipe that would deliver water to your home for use as irrigation. And by doing that, you were gonna be able to accomplish two things. Number one, well actually three things. Number one, you were going to be able to uh, um, conserve your potable water Because the only water that the only use for that was going to be for your potable drinking purposes and as I said, showers and cooking. Uh, But you were going to be taking the wastewater that resulted from that use, taking it back through the system, treating it, and then pumping it back out through a second pipe to the residences for use as irrigation. So you were conserving the potable water and you're also saving the uh, customers quite a bit of money because it's very expensive to produce um, drinking water and if you turn around and use that same drinking water on your lawn then you're going to be charged for that and your sewer cost is based on your water consumption so your water and sewer bill could really sore during the dry season when you're going to be using most of that irrigation. The third benefit was the environmental benefit because rather than discharging treated wastewater into the Caloosahatchee River, we were taking that treated wastewater and we were putting it back through the system and the residents were going to be able to use it for irrigation. Now it would be impossible to produce enough reclaimed water only to meet the water demands and the irrigation demands of the customers during the dry season. During the dry season, a customer could use upwards of 10,000 gallons of water just to irrigate their lawns. And there just isn't enough wastewater that can be then treated and used for irrigation to meet that type of demand. So what the city of Cape Coral did in the WIC plan was proposed to supplement that irrigation water coming from the wastewater treatment plants with canal water. And with several hundred miles of canals, we had the potential of actually millions of gallons of fresh water that could be used to supplement the irrigation water that was coming from the plants. And that's what the city did. The city adopted that program. They moved forward with it. We have one of the largest dual water systems in the country, if not in the world, and we are a beacon of uh, an example of how to do things the right way when it comes to, drinking water conservation and use and and reuse water. So, we have a great system and it has been the envy of many. We've received quite a few awards for it. So, it is a good system. But what became clear on Monday is that some of the residents did not completely understand or know how this system works. When you're using the irrigation water, and you're supplementing it with the canal water, It's it's the biggest use, as I said before, is during the dry season. Well, it's called the dry season for a reason, and that is because we do not get any rain. During the rainy season, the canals can fill up, and we try to keep as much of that water in the canals as possible so that we can then pull from those canals and pump from those canals into the system to supplement the wastewater and provide enough irrigation for our customers. During the dry season, we don't get any rain. So those canals cannot be replenished with the natural rainfall that we get during the rainy season. So there is a limited supply of canal water, although it is, it is substantial. There's a limited supply of canal water available for use during the dry season. And that amount of water is regulated by the South Florida Water Management District. We can pull down the levels of our canals to a, certain, to a certain point, but once we hit that certain point, then the South Florida Water Management District can step in and say, that's enough. Do not pull any more waters, water from your canal for use as irrigation. That's why we have to have a watering schedule in place. We have to manage the resource to the point that our residents have enough to water and maintain their lawns because it is expensive if your lawn dies off and you have to do any landscaping so you do want to try to maintain it but at the same time you cannot overuse the resource and you cannot pump more from the canals than what is permitted. The other thing is that uh, one of the residents said, Well, just produce more. As I just said, there's only a limited amount of water in the canals. If it was raining right now, we would be replenishing those canals and we would have more water from which to pull. But during the dry season, it's just, it, it is not a resource that is unlimited. And some of the residents said that back when they promoted the WIC program, that they were told that. Um, You'll be able to water uh, as long as you want, as much as you want, and it's going to be a flat fee, and that fee is never going to change. Uh, We've looked through some of the records in the past to see what actually happened back in the 80s, and it, it was never promised that it would be an unlimited resource. It would have been irresponsible to promise that it would be an unlimited resource, because the canals can only hold so much water, and if they don't get replenished, then that water is going to go away and get used. So. The other claim that um, it was always going to stay either free or five dollars a month for uh, for eternity. We've also looked to see whether or not that was indeed the case, and even our former mayor, who was uh, in office at that time, has said that uh, it was very clearly stated that it can be anywhere from six to nine or six to ten dollars a month, depending on uh, the cost to actually provide the service. The dry season um, really does challenge us. And right now, as of today, we are really in a very serious drought situation, and our water supply is in a very serious um, situation. We have not moved to that emergency, but if we do not get some rain within the next uh, 10 days, 10 to 14 days, we could have a a very tough choice to make. Now, why would we have to um, cut back on the watering? It's usually and mostly for public safety reasons. When they built the system, they decided to uh, place the fire hydrants on the irrigation system. Now we can look back and and we can debate now the wisdom of, of that decision. I can tell you that we do not do that in our expansion areas now. And the hydrants have been placed on the potable water supply. But the decision was made back then to go ahead and place fire hydrants on the system. So what happens is when our residents are pulling a large amount of water from the system and people are either watering uh, more than they should or on days that they should not be, the pressure in the system starts to drop. It's just like having uh, a bunch of straws in the same glass of water that eventually you're just not going to have enough um, pressure and you're not going to have enough supply to make sure that all of the uh, All of those straws get the same amount. And when the pressure starts dropping, then it becomes a fire emergency and a fire situation because if a call comes out and our fire truck is uh, making a run to a structure fire and they connect to the potable not, not the potable, but they connect to the hydrant that is on the irrigation system. If everyone is watering their lawns at the same time and our fire truck connects to that hydrant, they may not have enough pressure to pull the water from the system and run it through the hoses and put out the fire. So that has been a concern over the past Oh, uh, past few years about the the amount of use that's that is occurring on the system and the fact that it is going to it is going to impact our fire department in the uh, fire service area. So, if we moved to one day a week, that might be able to help. With the pressure, and we could also uh, then be a little more confident that our fire trucks will be able to respond and get the water that they need to put out a fire. When you're pulling the water from the canals, those canals, most of those canals that we're pulling water from, are north of Pine Island Road, and those are freshwater canals. North of Pine Island Road, the utilities. Um, are not yet installed, that means that there are not fire hydrants located throughout the North Cape. Most of the time when a fire um, service call is received up in the North Cape, we do send fire trucks out there that have uh, water supply. But if they would need more water, they would have to pull that water from the freshwater canals. If the freshwater canals have been sucked almost to the point of dry, by the customers on the dual water system, then that is a, obviously a public safety concern for the residents who live north of the Cape. So we have to keep all of this in mind. Um, you can't produce more water and you cannot just uh, turn off the system. Uh, that's one of the other suggestions. was to, well, why don't we move to zones and just have certain zones watering and then turn off the water supply to those zones that are not supposed to be watering. That way we can ensure that the water is going exactly where it's supposed to go. The problem is if you turn off the water, then you're also turning off the water supply to fire hydrants that may be in those zones as well. And if a a fire call is received, and the fire truck goes out there, hooks up to it, turns it on. Then there's nothing there, or they make a quick call, emergency call in, and say, "Can you get the system up and going?" You're going. They can get the system up and going, but it does take a little bit of time, and time can be, make the difference between whether or not a small kitchen fire is just con, confined to a kitchen, or whether it ends up engulfing the entire home. So it is very important that um, the system maintains some level of pressure throughout the the city is going to continue to look at options here over the next uh, few months to see if there are other things that we can do to help um, at least from the public safety standpoint make sure that the dry season does not impact our ability to provide fire service to our citizens and one of the things we may be looking at, and it seems very logical, is to m- maybe move some of those hydrants over to the potable system and see what's involved with that. We are hoping that we will get rain here very soon. Uh, they've been calling for it for the past few days, but it's just it just has not been coming. So what we would ask that the residents do out there is maybe consider moving to one day a week and then hand water. And you can hand water any time. So you can go out there and you can hit those hot spots that it might be drying out with that with the hose, and then maybe just move your timer to one day a week. Uh, with any luck here in the next two or three weeks, we'll start receiving some rainfall. And once we receive that rainfall, those canals will be replenished, and we uh, could possibly just a- a- avoid uh, avoid some uh, moving to the emergency one day a week. One other thing too what, that was brought up was the city's uh, watering of the medians. Now the city maintains about 29 miles of medians. That's a whole heck of a lot of sprinkler heads and a whole heck of a lot of opportunity for a system to malfunction. They should be watering from 12 to 8 on Mondays and Fridays. If you see the median watering outside that time frame, Look for signs first to see because they do wet testing every month on those medians and see whether or not that's the issue. If it's uh, if you don't see that, then you can call our action center and let us know about that. The number to call is 574-0425. Uh, just like the city does not want to see our residents watering outside their um, provided times and periods, we also do not want to be watering outside are provided times and periods. So if we work together, we might be able to make it through for a few more weeks, and the rain will come, and all will be good in the land of Cape Coral. So that's pretty much it. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Let's uh, pray for some rain. See you later.